Friends, we've got a variety of scriptures, so it's hard to say which one to tell you to open your Bibles to today. We will start in Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3, as we preach a topical type sermon answering the question, how are we giving? And the reason I'm doing this is just to catch us up, just to uh, refresh our minds. Those of us that are members of Southview, this is your church. You're here week in, week out. You know, we did a campaign that we launched with what we called Celebration Sunday back in April, and that was Giving to Grow. It's out on the bulletin board there. You see it uh, here and there when we send you newsletters and so on. And that is a campaign to raise some money, do some renovations on our building. We've already got the bathrooms done, thanks to your giving. Uh, The kitchen will be done in January, and then next summer we will redo the ceiling here and the walls here and some electronic updates here in the sanctuary, all because of your giving above and beyond your tithes. So thank you for giving to grow. It was my intention to at least every six months, which would have been about a month ago, update you, but based on other things I was preaching, it didn't work, so here it is today. So last week, if you weren't here, we talked about how are we doing we talked about as a church the where we're at, and we talked in brief about the results of our natural church development survey results. If you're interested in those, and I had a few folks email me, email me, Aaron at southviewbaptist.org, and I'll send you that entire report of our natural church development, the survey of our church health, where we saw that we've gone from average to well above average in our health of our church. I know we say, oh, that's somewhat subjective, but it's compared to everybody else, all the tens of thousands of other churches in the United States that have taken that survey. So it is objective. But today we want to update on our giving, our giving to grow and our general budget giving. It's been amazing to me, and you've heard me say it before, you've heard me say it again, because Don Witt said it once, and it's just truth. She has a way to say these things. Don's our financial secretary. She observed that God has always provided for all our needs at Southview. Every time we needed something at Southview, we always had enough. And I look at that and I say, thank you to God's people, to you and your faithful giving. I say, thank you to our faithful God who provided for you so that you might provide for others. And I also say, so God, if we ask for more, are you going to do more? Indeed, in these last five years, our budget may have been here. Our giving was here, just a little bit short of our budget, but our spending was here. And almost miraculously, we've developed this budget excess or in our checking account. Now, we even have $100,000 in a CD. So it's for God when we need it. Not because a church should be in the business of making money, but until we're clearly determined where God wants us to put that money, we needed to do something with it rather than let it sit in a checking account. God is good. I pray you know that. Your giving and your faithfulness confirms that to me, and I hope it confirms it to you. And you know, I can't recall the last time I preached a sermon on giving or tithing, so don't get mad at me about this one and say, oh, he's always preaching about giving. No, I'm not. I'm not, because I don't have to, because you give. Let's look at our scripture memory verse of the month, though. It's a pretty easy one. This one, I think there's more syllables in the reference than there are in the verse itself. That scripture memory verse of the month will remind you even of how you should give. And it's on your bulletin there. And it says, uh, let's read it together. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Do everything in love. 1 Corinthians 16, 14. Thank you. Do everything in love. Even give. Let's pray. 
God, our Father, when we consider all that you've done for us and all that you are, may it be our response, not just out of obedience, but out of love to give back to you by giving to your church, to give to you as you've given to us freely, graciously, with humility and joy and love. So, Father, we pray now that you speak to us through your words and that however you desire to encourage us or challenge us today, then fond in faith. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you. Your first question on your outline this morning, if you're following along at the top there, is why do we tithe? Why do we tithe? Now, I've asked you already to turn to Proverbs chapter 3, but just a quick excursus before I even answer the question. An excursus is a little bit of a side to touch on something. Some say that the tithe doesn't apply to us anymore on this side of the cross, on this side of Jesus. Others say, no, it still applies because even Jesus taught the tithe in Matthew 23 and verse 23, Luke eleven forty-two, And he affirmed that to his disciples in Mark chapter 7, verse 19. Some would say that. So that's a sermon for another day. Matter of fact, it may be two sermons. I might preach one on why we shouldn't tithe, we should just give, and the other one on why we should give and tithe. Uh, But we'll get there sometime in the future. But today, we want to look at what Scripture says. It says there in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, and the answer to your question first is Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, we are committed to, uh, uh, we are commanded to tithe. We are commanded to tithe. It says, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. Now, some of these concepts we understand. Honor. We know what it means to honor someone, to lift them up, to elevate them, to hold them in esteem, in a worthy position. And when we worship God, we honor Him because He is worthy. And how are we told to honor Him here? With our wealth. And not just any wealth, but the first fruits of all our crops. We're not farmers around here, but all of us do make a living somehow. And your paycheck would be like your crop. And then it says, what will be the results? that your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Most of us don't have barns. Most of us don't have vats of wine. But that picture that as we honor Him with our first fruits, He responds in blessing us. This idea of first fruits is something that those that read the book of Proverbs originally, as King Solomon might have written this, would know exactly what he was talking about. The first fruits that when you harvested, one-tenth went first to support God's work through the temple. When you had animals, the first one went to God. When you have children, the first one was dedicated to God. The first fruits, just as we talk about tithing, and we talk about tithing off the top, that before you write any other check, when you get your paycheck, you write your tithe check. You've probably heard me say before about when I had been disobedient and gotten in debt and away from the Lord, and I had built up all this debt. This was before I married Melanie. This was in the early 90s. And 
Melanie challenged me. She said, are you tithing? This is why we were still dating. I said, no, I can't afford to tithe. She said, you can't afford not to. And I knew she was right because my mama and daddy had taught me and I had tithed before. And so at that time, I was working as an independent insurance agent. And so I'd get a little tithe check from this company for $54, a tithe check from that, or not a tithe check, excuse me, a commission check from this company for 54 a commission check for that company for 87 a commission check from this company for 220 That was big money, you know. And every one of those commission checks, then I would write a tithe check. So that when I turned in my envelope on Sunday at my church, my envelope had about five or six checks in it. And I'm sure the people that got my envelope were going, what is this crazy householder kid doing writing all these little checks? Why can't he write one big check like everybody else? The crazy householder kid didn't trust himself, right? I knew that I needed to discipline myself, so I wrote that tithe check before I did anything else, and I stuck it in that envelope so that week in, week out, the tithe was paid before anything else. And guess what happened? I never missed a payment on anything. I was never late on a payment on anything. And I got out of debt miraculously quicker than anybody would have imagined because I trusted God and God provided one little check at a time in an offering envelope. We're commanded to tithe and tithe off the first fruits and God blesses our tithes. Let's move on to your second point. Your second point there is that is from Deuteronomy 14 and it says we grow in awe of God. This is another reason we tithe and, and frankly we don't think about this but we grow in awe of God. So I'm going to ask you to turn back there to Deuteronomy with me. And Deuteronomy, if you're looking in your paper Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's the fifth book in the Bible. Deuteronomy chapter 14. And Deuteronomy is when, when Moses is preaching a sermon to the children of Israel before they cross back into the promised land. It's kind of his swan song as he's reminding them that everything God has done. And he's telling them here again and again, here's the stories of your past and here's the way you should behave. And here's why God says you should behave it or do these things. And look at what it says in Deuteronomy 14, 22. It says, Be sure to set aside a tenth of all that your fields produce each year. Eat the tithe of your grain, new wine, and oil, and the firstborn of your herds and flocks in the presence of the Lord your God at the place He will choose as a dwelling in His name. Now, we're not under this Old Testament law the same way. This doesn't completely apply, but let's get the principle that's in the very last phrase of verse 23. He said to do it so that you will learn to revere, reverence, awe, worship, respect God. That when we tithe, we see God's provision in our life. You might say to me, well, I can't hardly make it on 100%. How am I going to make it on 90% or 80%? Test God and see. He will prove himself faithful and he will amaze you beyond your belief. God is good like that. That's the question of why do we tithe? Let's move on to our second question this morning. Why do we give? Why do I give is the second question. Now, give uh, is different than tithe. We talk about giving offerings as something that's separate from your tithe, above and beyond your tithe. But I want to talk here in the idea of in general giving. Why? Why is a big question. That's the question that toddlers ask and kids ask, and we just say, because I said so. We don't have to say it that way here. 
We've got two different scriptures. And the first one is in Matthew 25. Matthew 25. So the very beginning of your New Testament, Matthew chapter 25, verse 19 through 21. Matthew 25, verse 19 through 21. It says, after a long time, this is in the middle of a parable Jesus is telling, the parable of the talents, but I'm cutting it short for time here. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I've gained five more. He invested them. He had faith. Verse 21. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's. He says, come and share your master's happiness. Your point there is that when we give, we gain a new perspective. We gain a new perspective that when we give and put something that God has given to us out there, because this parable is a parable of God entrusting us with talents and abilities, with finances. And when we commit those things back to him, he teaches us something we didn't know, and we even get his Happiness. There's another one here in why we give. And that's from John 3.16. So if you're in Matthew, turn over to John 3.16. But many of you won't even need to read it because you know it, right? It's the one scripture verse most all of us know. My NIV, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him would not perish but have eternal life. So I'm going to start it, then I'll be quiet, and you say to me, all of you, fill in the blank. For God so loved the world that he gave. That's the one word. Why do we give? We give to identify with God. Because when we give, we are like God. We identify with him. Because of his love, he gave Because of our love, we give. When we give, we identify with God. We are like God when we do what God does. And the ultimate gift of his love was his son, Jesus, who he sent to die and save us from our sins. We don't have a son to give that way. We're probably not commanded to give that way. But we are commanded to tithe and to give. And when we tithe, when we give, we identify with God because God is a giving God and we as his people respond by giving back to him. We've talked about why tithe briefly. We talked about why give briefly. Now I want to give us a little update on how we're doing. That's the third major point in your outline there, the third question. And that's how are we doing so far this year? And so talk briefly about our 2019 budget giving. And so far this year, it's been amazing that we, uh, you, we, I give too, have given $360,000 to our church. Can I get an amen? Amen. God has provided through you that amount of money to do everything we do as a church. Now, here's one that was really cool to me because I didn't know it would be this many. That's the next slide that will go up there. 197 separate individuals have given this year. 
197. You look around right now, there's probably about 220 of you sitting in here. And, you know, think what percentage are children, what percentage are couples. So we know that not everybody can attend every Sunday. We know that sometimes there are guests that attend and they give and things like that. But let me tell you our statistics. Right now, in our planning center, we have 253 people we call members that have gone through the process and are members. We have 77 folks who are regular attenders. So those are folks that may not have been baptized as a believer, but they're here pretty much uh, most the time, and so we have a category for them, and they're regular attenders. So that's 330 folks. Still, there's a lot of couples, there's a lot of older children and teenagers in that. There are 99 folks we consider in progress. Those are folks that are prospects of the church or visiting the church, but haven't committed one way or the other yet. So that's still 429. So the fact that 197 separate individuals have given this year really floors me. It speaks well to our church. But then when you talk about online giving, that one surprised me as well. It's 17 people give automatic recurring donations online. I thought that would be higher. That's not the reason we have that in your outline this morning. It was just an idea to help, um, you know, I I was going to talk about that before I knew that number was that low. But the other one there is that 17%, another 17 of our donations are given online. 83% of our donations are still paper. I was surprised by that. So that you get an offering envelope and you take some home or you get one on a Sunday morning and you stick a check in there, you stick cash in there, and you seal up your envelope and you turn it in. I thought that number would be greater. And so we talk about something like online giving just to make sure you know we've got it, okay? Um, How many of you have already scanned the code there? Raise your hand if you scan the code already. I mean, it says scan me. Surely some of you were like, oh, let me see where it takes me. Uh, Yeah, we'll get there in a minute. Okay. But we did that in order to help you see how these things work. So the next point is to update our giving to grow. Giving to grow so far this year. So this is money just given like this year. We had some built up already, but then we've had an amazing amount of gifts come in this year. It's $251,445. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your graciousness. I mean, those new bathrooms in there. uh, The bathrooms cost $150,000. It's not cheap to remodel a bathroom, but you gave to provide that money. It's going to cost us, oh, uh, tens of thousands of dollars to remodel in the kitchen and $100,000 or more to do some remodeling in here. Things cost money, but you've given. Thank you for your gifts. We have had, in addition to that, 71 pledges made, but then there have been folks that have even given above and beyond their pledge. We've had uh, over $2,000 come in above and beyond their pledge. And then we had $11,000. People didn't even make a pledge and gave. And then 72% of our pledges are fulfilled at this point. And we've still got $45,861,000 expected remaining in pledges that will go through this next coming um, Palm Sunday is when we're hoping to have everything done and have a separate celebration Sunday. Plus, we've got the second half of our matching gift, another $35,000 to come in. So that's $80,000 more to come in the next six months, which will be more than enough to do the projects we want to do to beautify our building, to put our best foot forward to anybody who walks in these doors. That's amazing. To think what we have done this year when we've done it together. We had a vision that we put out there that you all believed in, and we gave to that vision, and I'm thankful for it. 
So that's a quick report on how we're giving so far this year, but I've got to move you to the next one. How do we tithe and give? I already mentioned about in an envelope in worship that, uh, you know, that's the good old-fashioned way to do it. Now, if you don't want any credit for your gifts, uh, you just put cash in the offering bag when it goes by. We don't know who it came from. If that's the way you want to do it, that's the way you can do it. But if you give a check, you still need to use an offering envelope. Why? Because the IRS has us do something called devil verification, that we've got to have a record of the fact that you gave that we keep locked away in the counting room back there. So even though your bank and you have one, we've got to have one too. So use an envelope, even if you use a check, because you think, oh, I'm using a check. I don't need an envelope. No, I'll still put it in an envelope. It'll help save a little time for our counters and do that for us. But the other way you can give is online. Now, that would be if you took your phone and you opened your phone camera app and you did like this and this thing. Here, come on, read that thing. There it goes. And it says to me, open southviewbaptist.org link. I click that thing. I got to hold my thumb on there to open it. And look where it takes me, to my giving page right there on my phone. And here's a shortcut for you. We're going to tell you about the Church Center app. You can give through there. You can give on an app. But if you want to know how to get to the Church Center app, on our giving page, you can click the download from the App Store or download from Google Play. Now, what do you need to know about the Church Center app? This thing's pretty cool. We're using this new online church management software system called Planning Center that if you're part of one of our ministries that uh, schedules through that, you probably know about Planning Center already. But if you get the Church Center app to add to it, that Church Center app, and I don't have you know, anything to show you there, but if you look at it, it shows you about our church, service times, all these things, where to find us. And there's a Give tab on there that right there you can put in and you can put how you want to give. So there's really two ways to give online. One is through the website and one is through the Church Center app. And then the other thing that's pretty cool is the Groups app, uh, tab on the Church Center app. It's going to have built in there when you put in your cell phone number or your email address, assuming the church has your cell phone number or email address or both, it'll automatically bring up all the groups you're in. So for me, it's got me as a member of the staff. I click on the staff and I see we don't have any events scheduled, but then I can click on the members of the staff and it shows me who's on there. If you're like one of these folks that says, we need a church directory, or, oh, I lost my church directory. I need to know the name of that guy that sat across from me in Sunday school. Well, go to your church center app, go to your Sunday school class, go to the members of the group, and you'll find the person's name. And if they put it in there when they set up their church center app and took a picture of themselves or something like that, uh, through planning center, their picture will even be in there as well. This is pretty amazing how this works and how technology makes it even easier for you to give. So why do we talk about these things right here from the pulpit? I'll tell you why. You don't read the newsletter. No, some of you do, but not as many of you should as you should. That didn't sound right, but you know what I mean, right? We just thought about, I mean, it was all me. Nobody said to me, Aaron, you need to do this. I'm like, well, I'm going to talk about giving to grow, and I'm going to talk about everything else. I'm going to tell folks how they can give to make it even easier. So that's why we're doing it right here, folks. Not because we're trying to force you to give online or uh, through the app, but just to say, here's a way to give. Pastor David raised a good question. Is there something about that discipline of writing a check? Or maybe for you, it would be easier to say, okay, I get paid this amount and it's automatic withdrawal. So a couple days after that, I'm going to make my giving come out in a very similar way. So yeah, you could say it's a set it and forget it. 
But then if it helps you be disciplined to pay your tithe, if it helps you be disciplined to keep your commitments to give, I think it's worth it. The bottom line is we've got a plan to handle the resources God has given us in a way that glorifies God. And that is about our receiving income, about our spending income, about our saving income, and about our giving income. That's the way you get financial peace, Dave Ramsey says. That's why it's called Financial Peace University. Because you have peace rather than fear or worry. So here's a final point for us to consider. That's what happens when we tithe and give. What happens when we tithe and give? And so uh, go back over to Malachi. Malachi is pretty easy to find. If you're in Matthew, Malachi is the last book of the Old Testament. Malachi 3, 8 through 10. That's another sermon. But look at verse 10. It says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you will not have room enough for it. The only place in the Bible where God says, Test him. Your point there says that we're blessed on earth. When we give a tithe, we will be blessed on earth. Malachi 3.10 tells us that. We're going to be blessed on earth. Can you guess what the next one is? That's over in Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19 through 21. Jesus says, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We build up treasures in heaven. When we tithe, when we give, we build treasures up in heaven. We build treasures in heaven. That's your last blanks to fill in there. We've been blessed on earth. We're building treasures in heaven. It's amazing what happens when God's people give. When God's people give, our church is blessed. When God's people give, their lives are blessed as we trust Him. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, we're so very thankful for all that you have done for us and the way that you've given to us and that you ask us to give back a portion to you through our tithes, through our gifts. We give to you because you are worthy. And Father, I pray that as we've had this little report of how we're doing, but also a challenge and encouragement of how to give, that we'd be moved to obedience because of our love for you. And we ask God that you bless us because you say so and because you love us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.